Sam. Sam I am. That's Sam I am. That's Sam I am. I do not like that Sam I am. Do you like green eggs and ham? I do not like them, Sam I am. I do not like green eggs and ham. Green eggs and ham. Canceled. Dr. Seuss is no longer acceptable. Canceled by the cancel culture of today's society. I'd like to welcome you to Two Steps Head Podcast. Two Steps Head Podcast, highlighting the stuff that's been stepped in so you don't have to. I'm Son Edom. We're live every Tuesday night, 10 p.m. Pacific time, right here on RadioWarp.com. Also, uh, tonight, streaming live on Facebook Live. So if you've joined us on Facebook Live, thank you. And so tonight, we're going to take a look at the cancel culture. I mean, you take a look at some of the things that have been going on in this world, and there's a lot of stuff that we've gone through. 2020, obviously, we know what that was about. And now we're into 2021, and things such as uh, Dr. Seuss is now no longer considered... Uh, a good thing. And in fact, in the national reading day that we had, Dr. Seuss was not a part of the, uh, the read supposedly, and nobody could really say why it was. But however, according to, uh, things that I've read, Dr. Seuss is apparently racist and has racist imagery. Now there were, I think six books all together that were considered to be books that would have racist illustrations in it. Green Eggs and Ham was not a part of those six. It just happens to be my favorite Dr. Seuss story. Why? I don't know. I just like it. Maybe it's because it's something about the Green Eggs and Ham. I don't know. But when you take a look at what we're on in 2021, and you take a look at what the cancel culture is doing and what we have been a part of, you would think that things such as canceling Dr. Seuss would be one of the last things that we want to do. So we're going to take a look at that and kind of figure out where we're going in society. Now, when you take a look at the cancel culture, first off, the overall census that I could gather, maybe. I mean, it's hard because you're dealing with something that there's no set rules. There's no set boundaries as to what defines, you know, when you watch uh, previous shows of mine, I like to start things off with a definition so that we can all get on the same page and we can define what it is that we're talking about. But when I was looking at the cancel culture and trying to find out exactly what it is and what it's about and the purpose behind it, there really wasn't any any concrete set of values, standards, whatever you want to call it, to identify what the cancel culture is and what we're actually trying to cancel. And so some of the things that I was able to get and piece together like a puzzle maybe because it's in, it's individual what's what you find offensive and what i find offensive could be two different things the reasons why you're offended and the reasons why i'm offended different reasons so the first thing i was able to kind of piece together from doing a lot of research and reading and studying different uh authors and things like that uh it begins with it begins with a real or perceived transgression so somebody did something and it could be either real, like it actually happened, or it could be perceived. So if you look at Dr. Seuss, the racist imagery that apparently is in the books, is that real or is that perceived? I guess it depends on who you are and how you interpret it. Still really no concrete set of standards as to why we're canceling it. 
And so it doesn't have to be real is the big issue that we're going to talk about and what we're going to look at. Because there's a lot of people and a lot of things that have gone on that have been canceled or tried to have been canceled by the cancel culture. And there's really nothing wrong with what they've done. You know, the other big thing was uh, Mr. Potato Head, I guess, is now just Potato Head. I guess we took the Mr. out because having a, a gendered potato is a bad thing, even though Mrs. Potato Head was around. And I believe Mrs. Potato Head was even in the Toy Story movies, right? Did you watch them? Did you like them? And so we have to just now have Potato Head, which brings me to this, okay? Help me try to understand this if you can. So we have a potato head doll, and maybe back in the 70s and maybe early 80s when there wasn't all the electronics that we have going on, maybe Mr. Potato Head or Potato Head was a cool thing to have. You could change the lips and the eyes and different accessories, and you can put the lips where the eyes are and the eyes where the lips are, and you can have some fun with it. But in today's technology age, the technology that we deal with today, video games, uh, apps on our phone, things like that, who is buying Potato Head? That seems like that would have been a fad that would have left in the digital age. I walk around the stores, the malls, the restaurants, and all I do is see kids of all ages from strollers on up on their phones, iPads, whatever, playing these digital games. And so I can't really fathom how Potato Head has been able to survive the technology age that we're in. Is it really that exciting? It was kind of like, remember those, um, like Etch-a-Sketch? Etch-a-Sketch was, was that little slate thing that you would have the two wheels and you would turn and you would kind of make designs. And then computers came along and Etch-a-Sketch uh, pretty much went away. And remember Color Forms? I think Color Forms was that thing where you had kind of like that... Um, those figures that you would peel off and then you'd stick onto like a board and then you could create different storyboards. You know, those were things that we would play with when there wasn't technology. Now I look at some of those things and we don't even play board games anymore. And if we do play board games, it's a digitalized one on an Xbox or on whatever PlayStation you might have or whatever gaming system you might encounter. So I don't understand how Potato Head is still relevant. But anyway, somehow now it can't be Mr. Potato Head and it can't be Mrs. Potato Head. It's just a Potato Head. But when you're dealing with the cancel culture and you look at Potato Head, what was wrong with it? Was there anything really wrong? Well, I guess the perceived transgression was it had a gender. So we can't have that. So we have to take that away. So you have to identify what is wrong when it comes to the cancel culture. You identify what is wrong with whatever it is that you want to get rid of. So you take a look at Dr. Seuss and you look at it, and I guess it's the imagery, the racist in it, but not all of it is racist. And I guess you'd have to go through and read all the books to figure out exactly what it is. So you identify what is wrong. Okay, We're dealing with trying to find a definition of what the cancel culture is and what we're dealing with. You identify a wrong, a real or perceived transgression. And again, it doesn't have to be real. It could be perceived. So you identify that wrong. So then you experience a strong negative emotion to it. So you have something that you see that was, that was wrong, and now you have this strong reaction to it, like, this is horrible. I need to take action. Do away with this. Now, granted, there are a lot of things. You take racism, for example, that should be done away with, and that might evoke a strong negative emotion. So, yeah, that's something good to look at. But then there's other things, maybe a tweet that someone puts out there, 
and we'll get to some of those examples in a little bit. But you see something that you have a strong negative reaction to, and then you have to act. You have to act to punish or damage the person that did the wrong, the transgressor, the one who was wrong. And it all stems from the fact, how do you get that message out? How do you decide, first off, what you're going to cancel? Well, I guess that's up to you. Then what's the medium to start canceling? Social media. And social media becomes a big part of it because it allows people to get a message out there in a quick and mass way. So a lot of people can get the message in a short amount of time, and it spreads, and spreads like wildfire. Now, if you ever saw the movie or the documentary, uh, The Social Experiment, it's something that you should watch. It's pretty interesting. And one of the facts that they said in there was that negative news or bad news, like false information, I guess we call fake news, travels like six, seven times faster through social media like Twitter than real news. So if fake news is starting to travel faster through social media than the real news, by the time the real narrative, so you have the narrative that's out there, by the time the truth gets to you, then it doesn't matter because the the false narrative has already been out there, kind of like your reputation precedes you, so to speak. And so social media becomes a big part of it. Without social media, you can't have a cancel culture, although they've tried. They've tried for many years even before social media, but it was much harder to do so because you're trying to silence people. You're trying to silence something. And so as I was going through this and looking at some of the things, I found it interesting because you have a lot of things that are kind of hypocritical. Now, if you're not too familiar with it, you have Gina Carano, who was a part of the um, Mandalorian. She was one of the Mandalorian people. And so uh, I caught a clip of Bill Maher. HBO, you might know him. If not, he has a commentary show. And so this is something that he had to say about the whole Gina Carano and the cancel culture that she has been dealing with. The Mandalorian's Gina Carano is a person I'd never heard of and resent that I have now. (laughs) She's some conservative wrestling chick who kicks ass on a show I wouldn't watch if I was in prison. And she made some Nazi analogy. Who doesn't these days? You're like the Nazis is the new I don't like you. (laughs) It's always okay when Trump's the Nazi. That disqualifies her from marching around planet who gives a shit in a helmet? (laughs) By the way, you can't work in Hollywood if you don't believe what we believe. Yeah, in the 50s, that's exactly what the left complained they were being told. So basically there he's talking about that a cancel culture went after somebody that he doesn't even know about, that he couldn't even care less about, that is pretty insignificant when it comes to world things such as this Mandalorian. I know a lot of people like Mandalorian. A lot of people are Disney fans. A lot of people are Star Wars fans. So it is a big deal, just not in Bill Maher's world. But the idea was when did Hollywood become the authority on right and wrong? And is Hollywood really the people that should be dictating to us moral authority? You know, what is right and what is wrong? You talk about the hypocritical actions of the cancel culture. So, for example, Gina Carano, she apparently was canceled because she had some pro-conservative tweets. Okay, We all went through this big political climate that was pretty divisive, that probably canceled a lot of friendships, probably canceled a lot of relationships, that probably created this big divide in our country today. And so... The liberal left, if you want to call them that, decided that she was no longer to be a part of the show. They started a campaign, and the powers that be took her off the show. 
and took her out of the Disney world and out of the Star Wars uh, empire. Okay, so with that being said, then you have the other guy, Pedro Pascal, who does actually play the Mandalorian, his character. Apparently, people started to investigate some of the tweets he was saying, and some of those tweets were probably just as offensive, but more on the liberal side, or maybe not even offensive as a term. They were more in tune with what uh, Gina was saying on the conservative side, but he was more liberal. So not that anything was really offensive. It was just a difference of opinion, difference from the popular opinion that a certain people wanted to get out there and believe. And so he was okay, even though you basically said the same thing. And a lot of it had to do with comparing America today to, to Nazis of Nazi Germany, which why do we keep going back to that? That's the other thing. It's like when you bring up Nazi, you're a Nazi, you're a racist. It's like crying wolf because everybody has become a Nazi or a racist. As long as you don't agree with what I say, you're a Nazi or you're a racist. It's like when you take a look at what really went on back then in World War II and what happened to the Jews and what Hitler and his regime did, I don't think having a difference of opinion is what it was to be a Nazi. I don't think having a difference of a political opinion or supporting a different political candidate or having or expressing different views means that you're a white supremacist and you're a racist. Because even when you take a look at that, people like Candace Owens, she's been not really a a white supremacist, but she's been deemed racist for her comments, and she's a black woman. And so you start looking at this whole cancel culture, and again, you start to realize when we look back at the original conversation was, it begins with a real or perceived transgression, and a lot of this now becomes perceived. It's not real. And so, as Bill Maurer was saying, Hollywood has become the authority on right and wrong. Back in the 50s, the left was saying, now what the right is saying today, so times have changed. You have these action movies, and you have these actors and actresses that come out and speak out against, let's say, the Second Amendment, got to cancel guns and gun rights, but yet they film these movies, and all it is is gun violence. Have you seen John Wick? I love John Wick movies. Pretty graphic. Keanu Reeves is pretty political, apolitical. He doesn't get involved. But Matt Damon has been involved in the political conversation of the Second Amendment and getting away with guns. But yet he's there doing those uh, Bourne Ultimatum movies, those Jason Bourne movies. They're pretty, pretty brutal when you watch them. And so Hollywood wants to cancel some of the things in our lives because we disagree with their liberal agenda or whatever agenda it might be. And again, this isn't a political topic. It's just trying to take a look at the cancel culture and what it is and why it is because it's going around and everybody, there's like no, it doesn't matter who you are. You could be affected by it. I mean, Kevin Hart, a comedian, he was affected by it. You look at uh, the Harry Potter lady, She was affected by it, what, J.K. Rowling's, you know? And so all these people, basically what they do is they go through their Twitter feeds, they look for something, become offended, and they spread out the word, hey, we got to stop these people and we got to cancel these people. And so Hollywood is canceling some of the move, some of the things that we have in our opinions and our ideas and the things that we want to express, yet they're making movies with characters that depict the very same thing that they want to cancel. So one of the things that I thought was kind of interesting as I was going through, uh, some of the stuff was I found this clip and the clip is talking about uh, this guy's in a grocery store and he goes through and he's looking at the different products because again, to set the table for this, 
In the last little bit, you've had things like Aunt Jemima canceled. You had Uncle Ben. You know, they uh, changed their um, branding. So it's Original Ben, uh, Original Ben Rice. Uh, Aunt Jemima, I think, is something completely different, like Golden Mills pancakes or something. Uh, Mrs. Butterworth has changed their branding. Eskimo Pie is now Eddie Pie. So a lot of branding has taken place because people deemed it to be offensive and we needed to cancel it, right? There was a transgression, a perceived or perhaps real transgression. And so this guy does this video and he's going through and he's looking at the different brands, the food brands that are there. And this is what he discovered. We got rid of Aunt Jemima, we got rid of Uncle Ben's, but I am wildly triggered by the brands and the photos that I see in this grocery store. Using a polar bear to sell your ice cream, Klondike? Did you know polar bears were extinct? No thank you. Cancelled. Paw Patrol mac and cheese. Listen, defund the police, defund Paw Patrol. V8, you know what kind of emissions an engine like that puts out into the environment i drive a prius and that is canceled okay i don't exactly know who this guy is but i don't like his look at all i don't like anything that this guy stands for canceled white rice brown rice why they got to be separated think about it canceled uncle ben's absolutely offended by that listen do i know any minorities myself no, I don't, but I feel very confident speaking on their behalf on the internet. Hola, Tapatio. Una pregunta. You ever heard of cultural appropriation? Canceled. Oh, look at there. It's a woman leading a cow against its will to the slaughter. Selling popsicles shaped as bullets. Wow, absolutely canceled. Blue Ribbon, everyone's a winner. Thank you, that is the only brand of ice cream I will support. Rebel Ice Cream, wow, why don't you just change this to Soldier in the Confederate Army Ice Cream. Okay, I just looked up Red Baron. Red Baron is a fighter pilot in the German Air Force in World War I. Seems extremely anti-Semitic. Orville Redenbacher, look at this guy. He definitely made some mistakes in his past. Do you want to cancel him? We can if we want. I'll look up some mistakes that he made in his past and we can cancel him. I need to appease my white guilt by virtue signaling on the internet. So I think he goes on and on. It's like a five, six minute video and he goes through all these different products. And But it's funny because Blue Ribbon is the only brand in that little parody that was acceptable because everybody wins a trophy, everybody gets first prize, blue ribbon. And it's funny because he talks about Quaker Oats was one of the things early on, the uh, the pilgrim guy with the white hair and the hat, uh, where he didn't even know what that guy was about. But he sits there and he looks at Orville Redenbacher and says, should we research this guy? Should we look into his past, find out what he's done wrong because we know he's done something wrong and so we can find it and then we can cancel him and that was the whole point of this it's people searching for something wrong in your past in someone else's past in something you're searching for something that is wrong and then you're going to cancel them for it i remember reading an article about a, a guy i think he was the ceo or one of the ceos or some big wig in boeing and he wrote an article or a newspaper, maybe magazine column or something, a story, a long time ago, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, it was decades ago, and it was about women in combat. And women in combat, he made some comments about, I didn't read the article, but somebody found that article, thought it was inappropriate, there was a transgression of some sort, and so he resigned as the CEO or big executive at Boeing. And it was something that was written 30 years ago. And so you take a look at some of these things and you ask yourself, well, first off, why is it that they are being canceled today? And then what happens if things like society, times, 
culture, people start moving, we start uh, progressing, we start evolving, we start becoming more educated and we start to make some changes. And so some of these things are good, you know, but do we really have to go back and cancel these people and have them be punished for their transgressions for things that at the time weren't even transgressions? So again, we talked about Mr. Potato Head, wrong gender. So now you're just Potato Head. Dr. Seuss. Racist imagery. We got to ban you. Now, again, racism should be thrown out. But why all of a sudden today? Why today? We're in 2021. Why today? That's what you have to ask yourself. What about The Bachelor? Chris Harrison, he was the host, and apparently he was uh, defending a contestant on The Bachelor, which with this whole gender thing, is it now Bachelor and Bachelorette, or is it just, you know, do we have to rename those things? Because if you did away with Mr. Potato Head and Mrs. Potato Head, do we have to do away with The Bachelor and The Bachelorette and just call it single person? I don't know. But Chris Harrison, the host, he lost his job or resigned because he defended a contestant who was, uh, I guess, seen at an antebellum frat party and had pictures taken at an antebellum frat party. Now, for those of you that might not know, antebellum, the concept, Lady Antebellum, the group, it's pretty much life before the Civil War in a nutshell and all the bad things that happen. And so antebellum, the term, has become canceled because of the cancel culture. But this gal apparently had pictures, and I guess they were 2018, you know, a couple of years ago. And Chris Harrison lost his job as host of The Bachelor because he initially defended her. Harry Potter, I mentioned earlier, J.K. Rowling, she put out some tweets about transgenderism and gender identity, and apparently it went against what people thought should be the ideology of transgender. And so she became anti-trans, and so that made her. Remember, uh, I think it was December 2019, when you had baby, it's cold outside. Remember that that was? Because the misogyny, baby, it's cold outside, and she's saying I should go, and he's saying no, you should stay because it's cold outside, and they go round and round and round, and that was banned because it was considered misogynist. But then the very next year, 2020, the song of the year is WAP, Cardi B. And if you don't know what WAP is and you haven't heard the lyrics, you should Google them. And then let me know, what would you prefer to listen to? What would you prefer your younger generation listening to? Is there any difference? Why aren't we counseling WAP and Cardi B? And I believe one of them might be Cardi B, but I don't want to misspeak. But one of those artists apparently got caught, remember, drugging men and stealing from them when they were at the club and they bring them home? I mean, what are, we, what are we talking about here? Some of these things that are being canceled are far less egregious than some of the other things that go on that are being canceled by those 
that are doing these egregious things. Shakespeare. We all studied Shakespeare in high school, maybe in college. Romeo and Juliet. Hamlet. Macbeth. Well, apparently, uh, Shakespeare is misogynistic. It's racist. It deals with classism. It's anti-Semitic. And it's homophobic. So Shakespeare... Well, what about Goya Foods? Remember this? Goya Foods, I'd never heard about, but apparently they supported the wrong presidential candidate. And so they had to become. Now, there was a backlash against the cancel culture for Goya Foods, and they actually went on to make a lot of money because people started to support them. And I guess that's one of the things that you can do. If you, as the anti-cancel culture or sitting there and thinking that this is all wrong, then you can go and support the person, I guess, that combats the cancel culture. Mrs. Butterworth came around in 1961, apparently had a negative depiction. I guess the idea with Mrs. Butterworth in the beginning was to have like a grandmotherly person and celebrating black heritage, you know, black woman in, in marketing. I mean, that's huge in the 1960s, right? And the image was to be a grandmotherly figure, making you pancakes, you put pancake syrup on. So the image and the intent behind Mrs. Butterworth, if you research it, is actually a good intent. But today we see a black grandmother, uh, her picture on a pancake bottle or syrup bottle, and apparently we have to... And the final one, Gone with the Wind, from 1939. Now, it's been banned off of HBO Max. I think they redid some stuff and put it back on there. But because it had racist depictions and prejudices, and that's what we had to do with uh, Gone with the Wind. So here, And here's the point. Okay, so Gone with the Wind was in 1939, right? Eighty years later, we're looking at a film that was filmed in 1939. Do you take a look at what life was like in 1939? The culture, society, acceptable. Okay, now... 80 years later, we're not dealing with 1939 and those type of things that are going on. So, yes, there could have been prejudices. There was racism. There was all kinds of things going on. And, sure, they were probably depicted in those movies. But on the flip side, we've evolved 80 years, okay? And so that brings me to this. There was a gal that I was scrolling through on social media, TikTok, and I don't even know really who she was, but she had some interesting points to say about the cancel culture, and this is what she had to say. Here's why I can't stand cancel culture. We as people change. We change every single day. We're not the same person that we were a month ago, half a year ago, a year ago, five years ago, ten years ago. We know that. We understand that. We would hate to be compared to our past selves. But for some reason, when it comes to somebody else, we have no ability to accept that they can change as well. That is so selfish. We hold grudges and anger towards people for something that they did or said years ago. Myself included, I still struggle with this. But I know if somebody were holding something against me from five years ago, I would be so upset because I am not that person. It's a completely different story if they don't apologize, refuse to acknowledge it, if they're still that person. But we as people, we as humans, need to learn to accept change further than just ourselves. You're not the only person with the ability to change. The whole point was people change. And so it's selfish to think that other people can't change. 
And so what you were 20 years ago, if you're not that same person today, because we all learn, we all grow from experience as we get older in life, what we thought in the night, uh, when we're in our twenties, then thirties and forties, things start to change. What we value starts to change as we become more educated, life experience, people change. So she's basically saying the cancel culture is wrong and she doesn't like it because people can change. And if you do change and you do evolve and you do adapt, then that's a good thing. And what you thought years ago, you might have thought that at the time, but now maybe you don't. I mean, you look at American History X, the movie and the main character. In it, he was a skinhead, a racist, ends up in prison befriending a black guy, and he starts to train or retrain his thinking and his thought process and his ideology. And then at the end of the movie, he gets out of prison and he goes and his, I guess, I guess it's his younger brother. I don't remember the full thing, but basically starts to tell him, Hey, what you're going down, this right supremacy, this, you know, racism thing, you know, the skinhead ideology is wrong. Don't do it because he had an experience. He changed. So now you're going to hold him accountable for the things that he did well maybe legally you do and if he served his time okay fine but if he was to tweet things and he's changed now are you going back to holding that against him what about all the people that you know through the 60s you think about all the change that people made or even going back to slavery you know you think about the people that had to sit there and think okay i've got slaves slavery is okay everybody does it it's cool and now all of a sudden it's like wait a minute there is something wrong with this Why are we doing this? Why are we enslaving people? Why are we treating them this way? And then they start to change. And then what happens? Eventually, you get the Emancipation Proclamation. You get what led to the Civil War eventually was a a fight between slavery and anti-slavery and and pro-slavery. And then eventually you got, you know, freedom from slavery. And then you move into the Civil Rights Movement. But the point is you got people thinking that at one time it was okay, but now it's not. So people change. You're going to change your thoughts. You're going to change your thinking. I know a lot of people that would sit there and look at, at a certain group of people and think one thing. But then as they get older and you start to meet people and you start to expand your circle and your life experience, you start to realize that, okay, they're not what I thought it was. And you change. And that happens. And so as she's sitting there in that video, as she's talking in the audio portion there, you know, why are we pointing fingers at people? Because we should be looking at ourselves, having self-reflection. Why are we changing and still accusing people of things or holding them against them, grudges and stuff from things they did a long time ago. Now, she did go on and have some uh, script on the screen that basically said, obviously, if you don't change, then, yes, you can be held accountable for those things. So, obviously, if you have some racist tweets or bad tweets, then, yes, today, if you haven't changed, then, yes, those could be held against you. But let's say you were, I don't know, sexist. You know, maybe you thought that, you know, women should be, you know, barefoot in the kitchen, but then you've evolved and you realize, no, they can do anything that a man can do. They can reach the glass ceiling and break the glass ceiling and they have all the potential. And then you start to change your thinking towards that. Then you think, okay, then yeah, what they said was wrong. And that thinking, that ideology was wrong, but they've evolved and they've changed. So you know what? I'm not going to let them think about, I'm not going to hold that against them. If they go back to that, then maybe that's another thing. But the other thing, too, is this, is that, you know, we got to realize that people's circumstances and what they experience changes. If you're from the South, and it doesn't matter who you are, but if you're from the South, your experience growing up might be different from the Northeast, from out West here, from the Midwest. And so if you're now in this day and age with travel, 
You jump on a plane, you could be anywhere in a couple of hours. You can be from the south to the northeast, from the northeast to the west, from the west to the Midwest, and you're starting to intermingle with just people. You're going to have these different family values and different perspective on life, and things are going to be a little different than what you think. So you have to understand that people and their culture and what they're coming from and and their area of which they've grown up is different. If you haven't been to the Midwest, then you don't understand what Midwest values is like. It's completely different. If you're not from the south, you don't understand southern tradition. If you're not from the Northeast, I mean, I talked with a student one time from New York and, and she was out here in LA and I asked her, Hey, so what do you prefer, New York or LA? And she said, New York. I said, why? Because the people there, she said was, they were blunt and to the truth. They didn't candy coat things. They didn't paint a picture. They weren't like, they were basically came out and said, I don't like you versus the West Coast thing is to kind of candy coat it and, and not offend somebody so much uh, was her opinion of it. And so that's the type of thing that we're dealing with. So you got these different, you know, even in our country, just where we come from, how we deal with people. We on the West Coast might go to New York and think they're rude because we're so laid back and casual here. And again, so you got those things going on. Piers Morgan is a guy who is a self-professed liberal. Maybe you saw him on CNN for a long time. He, he wrote a book and he went on with uh, Dr. Phil and they were talking about um, the cancel culture. And it was interesting to hear what Piers Morgan had to say about the cancel culture and the nonsense that he called it. Uh, I can't believe how my fellow liberals are behaving. What is liberal about canceling everybody and anything that you don't happen to agree with? It's a complete nonsense. Now, I'm a very opinionated person, as you know, Dr. Phil. I write very opinionated columns. I just want to reserve the right under freedom of speech and the First Amendment to give an opinion. And this really insidious new culture means that almost anyone who is offended by anything can get on social media and say, hey, I'm offended. Cancel that person. Cancel that thing. And within seconds, minutes, hours, this enormous eruption builds on social media, driving other people to share this zealous lust to cancel people. And the one that really, I think, exemplified this perfectly was J.K. Rowling who, you know, they tried to cancel. She's a billionaire author. You can't cancel a billionaire author. She'll keep writing books. But what was really bad about that, I felt, was the way that her right to have an opinion about this raging gender debate was not just silenced by the woke brigade, but they actually began a hashtag, RIP JK Rowling. They wanted her dead because she had an opinion they didn't agree with. They wanted her dead because she had an opinion they didn't agree with. And that is what we've gotten to in our culture today. We've gotten to the point where there's such a divide in ideology and thought that if we disagree, we prefer you dead. Back in the old days, you would sit there and you would discuss. You think about the philosophers and those people that would come together and they'd have different ideology, different beliefs, different thoughts. And they'd sit there and they'd share them and they'd pontificate them and they'd explore those differences of opinions, Socrates, Plato. And they would come to different maybe revelations. Maybe, maybe the truth was somewhere in the middle between what they thought. They didn't just cancel each other and walk away. And then eventually from there, you start getting into academia. But now academia is a cancel culture. You go online and you could read stories of professors that have been canceled because they've backed the blue 
or because maybe they supported the wrong candidate. There was one guy out here at USC. He was in the, uh, in the, uh, I guess he was, t- uh, teaching a Chinese class and he was using a Chinese term. And the Chinese term basically was interpreted as that. And it sounded though like the N word. And so everyone protested saying that he was saying that and he lost his job. But all it was was him saying a term in Chinese for the term that in, in the class that he's referring to in a Chinese study class. There was a perceived transgression. You can go on TikTok and there's a, a string of things that says, um, hey, can you, uh, what word in your language, not English, but in your language, would sound perverted or whatever in the English language. And there's a bunch of people that are saying stuff. And some of it's pretty funny. Some of it's like over the top. But again, that's the thing. When you're dealing with cultures and you're dealing with different things, you're dealing with language that could be a perceived transgression when it's really not. And so people sit there and they start to then get excited because they were you know, seriously emotionally offended and they had a strong negative reaction to something. And then they go after it and they spread it on social media and people on the other end of social media, if you're reading social media, Twitter, whatever, are you really investigating the facts of what went on behind the story? No, you're probably just assuming that this is the case. I mean, we've seen it in the news all the time. There'll be a narrative of what happened. And then a few months later, the truth will come out and it's nowhere near what the narrative was. But yet we believe what the narrative is before the truth even comes out. And so Pierce Morgan there is talking about the cancel culture nonsense. You know, he wants the right to free speech. He wants that right for the First Amendment. You know, he says, uh, like I mentioned earlier, social media, the platforms of social media, they fuel the cancel culture. I don't think cancel culture would be able to take off today if it wasn't for the social media platform. So maybe there's a perceived transgression with social media. We all know that social media and the big tech is problematic today, no matter who you are. There's all kinds of issues. And again, if you haven't seen it, you should watch the social dilemma, the documentary. It'll change your mind on social media. He used the word zealous lust. There was a zealous lust to cancel people. And that's what do people sitting there trolling like the mob mentality. Let's troll through all this stuff and see who we can get rid of. And they sit back and they brag about it. And all they did was all they did was sit online and troll through a Twitter feed or Facebook feed or whatever. And then found something that they were offended by and blurted it out there and got a frenzy going. And then all of a sudden, all these people jump on something that they didn't even really care about in the first place. I mean, think about that. Think back over the last maybe five, ten years of all the things that were media frenzy that you didn't care about. Like, for example, Dr. Seuss. Did you even think that Dr. Seuss would have racist imagery? Maybe you did. Maybe your experience did. Did you think Mr. Potato Head having the mister there was wrong? Did you think Eskimo pie was a bad thing? Well, if you do research on Eskimo pie, I guess, you know, the Inuits, they were deemed Eskimos by non-native. So it's a non-native thing. And I guess Eskimo, from what I could research, meant uh, raw meat eaters. So, yeah, maybe that was a derogative term. So, okay, you do away with that. Um, Uncle Ben, uncle was a term used uh, in the South, instead of calling someone Mr. and Mrs. in the black uh, community, you call them uncle. And so aunt, I think, is the same way. So, okay, so maybe there's some slavery references there. But I don't think the intent, when you go back and you research these companies, I don't think the intent is there to be racist. And after all, if you're racist and you're white supremacist, are you really going to put somebody, a black woman, on your product 
And then if you're a racist and a white supremacist, are you going to buy that? I mean, one of the greatest commercials growing up was Mrs. Butterworth because the, the bottle moved. It was a character and it would move. And it was Saturday morning cartoons, and that was part of the appeal was the pancakes and, and the commercials that you would see. You know, Uncle Ben, uh, again, rice is rice. But, um, but again, so you can kind of understand why there's a little concern. But does it go so far? Because then also, aren't you taken away? Again, you're talking about 1961, I think it was Uncle Ben, right? You had a black guy. And it was basically the, the character on the, on the Uncle Ben, that character that you saw, that guy. It was based on a maitre d' in Chicago. And so you're basically honoring somebody. So here in the 1960s, you're taking somebody, a maitre d' in Chicago apparently, and you're kind of honoring him by putting him on a, on a box or a bag of, of rice. And so then we have to cancel it. So again, it makes you wonder what it is that we're doing. And so when you're talking with Pierce Morgan here and you're listening to him, he's talking about this tsunami of offense that comes across social media and they all they want to do is silence others. It's an insidious culture, he said, insidious, zealous lust. I mean, those are pretty some strong terms coming from a guy who is, like he said, liberal, and he doesn't understand why his liberal-minded friends are doing that. And then to wish death upon those that you disagree with. You know, you think about that over uh, COVID and social media. I remember many times getting into uh, debates with people, spirited debates with people on social media about masks and no masks. And people were sitting there and actually wishing and hoping that I got COVID. I guess they wanted me to get sick and die. I don't know. But when you sit there and you talk about it and you start to look at it, what is actually being accomplished? I found a clip of uh, former President Obama and what he had to say about the cancel culture. You know, this, this idea of purity and you're never compromised and you're always politically woke and all that stuff. You should get over that quickly. The world, the world is messy. There are ambiguities. People who do really good stuff have flaws. People who you are fighting may love their kids. And, you know, share certain things with you. And, and, and I think that one danger I see among young people, particularly on college campuses, Malia and I talk about this. Yara goes to school with my daughter. Um, but I do get a sense sometimes now among certain young people, and this is accelerated by social media, there is this sense sometimes of the way of me making change is to be as judgmental as possible about other people. And... That's enough. Like, if I tweet or hashtag about how you didn't do something right or used the word wrong verb, or then I can sit back and feel pretty good about myself. Because, man, you see how woke I was? I called you out. <laughs> Let me get on TV. Watch my show. Watch Gronish. Um, you know, that's not... That's not activism. That, that's not bringing about change. You know, if, 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 if all you're doing is casting stones, uh, you know, you're, you're probably not going to get that far. That's easy to do. Basically, he's talking about getting over it. That cancel culture, get over it. You know, people have flaws, like he said. Everybody has flaws. Everybody's done something. 
In fact, one of the biggest things that you hear about um, recruiters, because I've been involved in coaching baseball and trying to get people from the high school to the collegiate level, things like that. And one of the things they'll tell you that recruiters and even probably business people, if you're trying to apply for a job, is to clean up your social media. Because people will go to your social media and they'll look for something. And all this cancel culture does is look for something that you tweeted from a long time ago. And it backfires. I mean, if you follow politics at all, you'll see there's a bunch of people. In fact, I think one of uh, Biden's um, somebody or other that was trying to get um, approved to run something was basically lost her bid to be nominated and her confirmation through the Senate because of old tweets. She was basically bagging on the very people that she wanted to confirm her. And I guess it was Bernie Sanders that started it because she went after him in tweets and he saw that and he held it. And then when she came up for nomination, he's like, nope. And then a bunch of people followed suit and she eventually withdrew. So again, your tweets and things you say. Now, in that particular instance, is that good or bad? I don't know. I don't want to deal with the politics because those could be grudges from people because of the things they said. So they're holding the grudge. I don't know. But we take a look at other things. People have flaws. Social media is problematic. Obama said judgmental, being judgmental. People think that's the solution. I'm going to be judgmental of you. I'm going to write stuff about you. I'm woke and therefore, hey, I did my thing. Cancel culture is not activism. It's not making change. It won't get you very far. You're throwing stones in a glass house. Get over it. If you want true change, then maybe you should take action, like real action, like long-term action. You know, I was always thought about those people that like to, during Thanksgiving, sit there and say, I'm going to feed the homeless. I'm going to help the homeless. During the holidays, I'm helping out. I'm doing things. And that's great. Nothing wrong with that. Please continue doing it. But I always thought, okay, you've got two things. You've got people with money, and they can donate. And they can donate a lot more than I ever could. But my hour of time and your hour of time is equal. If we both take an hour of our time and we go down and feed the homeless, let's say at the homeless shelter, or we go do something, we become a mentor or we become a big brother or we do whatever it is that we do, maybe visit older people in these homes, maybe not now because of COVID, but you know, we go visit people, people that can't get out. We do something, we take our time. That now becomes equal. And we're doing something. We're making change. And so just sitting there on social media and having to cancel culture doesn't do anything. Ricky Gervais, if you haven't seen his uh, award show, I forget what award show it was. It's about a 10-minute monologue that he did. It was hilarious. You should Google it and and YouTube it or whatever, but it's pretty funny. But he's talking about uh, people and their offensiveness and being offended it's a nonsense that to believe that some people deserve never to be offended their whole life. You know, um, it's great. And even in universities, there's people that, 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 I mean, we're better to hear different ideas and argue. The great thing about freedom of speech, if an arsehole is being an arsehole, you've got the right to call him an arsehole. It, it's great. It's, and it goes on. It's a good system. Um, it really is a good system and I, I think that you, sh- you don't close down free speech because it's offensive you argue with it you have more free speech and you expose the people and, and, uh, you know, and I think that's the only way to do it you shouldn't, you, you, you shouldn't pave the jungle you should make people um, 
bulletproof towards it and it'll give them uh that it's it's about it's about education and confidence and um it, it's just crazy and there are there are loads of caveats to free speech that we all agree with we you know you shouldn't incite violence that i'm i'm there shouldn't be people shouldn't libel you shouldn't slander you food additives you know watershed these are all good but what isn't good is um you shouldn't say anything that someone will be upset about that's too vague it's too vague and then you get tit for tat you know people say well if i can't do that then you can't do this um and it 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 just it goes back and forth and it's all about people wanting to be heard people don't have a right to not be offended is basically what he's saying people feel they have the right that they should not be offended but you're going to be offended folks it's going to happen there's going to be things that go on that you're not going to like you're just going to have to deal with it and like I mentioned earlier with the philosophers, when they sit there and have different opinions and they would argue with each other, that's the same thing he was saying. You know, when you're talking about something that's offensive, why don't you talk about it? See if you can't hash it out. But we live in a society today where we can't have opposite opinions and talk about it because we get mad, we fight, and then we block each other on social media, and then we hashtag kill you, right? I mean, that's what they talked about with uh, JRK, uh, the Harry Potter lady, uh, J.K. Rowling. You know, they had hashtag R.I.P., as Piers Morgan told us. And so that's what we're talking about is you're talking about a culture that is just sitting there and they're looking for something. They're looking for something they're trolling through and they're looking for something that is a, nowadays it seems like a perceived transgression. It doesn't have to be real. They're identifying the wrong. They're experiencing a strong negative emotion. Is that a legitimate thing? Is Mr. Potato Head... By having the mister there, is that really a, uh, evoking a strong emotion or do people not even care? I mean, I don't care. I'm still surprised that thing's around. I mean, might as well bring back, bring back the slinky, maybe the hula hoop. And then they have to act to punish and to damage. And those were the three things that I got kind of gathering the information uh, from what I could from different sources, because there isn't anything. There isn't any concrete. You can't go, you could go to Di- uh, Webster's Dictionary and probably find something, but it's not going to fit because you look at what's going on today. And so you have to ask yourself, what do you think about the product names? Do you th- even think about them when you're consuming them? Do you think about, this is offensive, so maybe I shouldn't have it, or do you just go after the product because you like it, you enjoy it, or maybe because you don't like it? I mean, the guy mentioned V8 in that video, in that montage I played earlier. And uh, he mentioned V8 because it's an engine, but he's talking about the juice, the vegetable juice. Not a personal fan of it. I wouldn't consume it because I'm, don't pref- I don't prefer the taste. But maybe you do. Maybe the name doesn't matter. What makes that thing bad? We talked about Eskimo Pie. Eskimo Pie has changed their name to Eddie's Pie because Eddie was a part of the founding of Eskimo pies or the creation of Eskimo pies. And, and the term Eskimo was kind of given by non-Inuit people. So people outside the Inuit community, the people that live in Alaska, we're calling them Eskimos. And apparently Eskimo means uh, raw meat eater. Not sure if that includes fish because maybe they were the original sushi eaters. I don't know. Sushi's all the rage now. But maybe that's bad. But Dr. Seuss, some of the things we're counseling, is it bad? You can go online and just Google search celebrities that have had cancel culture attack them. And it could be for tweets. It could be anything. Rihanna, racism, 
Um, a number of people. You just type in celebrities that have had racist past or racist tweets or whatever. Laundry list of everybody comes up because somebody is there looking at their Twitter feed and seeing something that they don't like, and therefore they deem it racism, white supremacist, Nazi, and that's just what it is today. That's the go-to thing. That's what Bill Maher was saying in the clip we played earlier. Everybody's a Nazi. Everybody's a racist. So what do you think about the product? What do you think about the thing that's trying to be canceled? Maybe it is good. Maybe it's legit. Maybe it should be. We can't dismiss that. But is there a legitimacy to it? What makes it bad? And who says what bad is? Are we looking at it through reason, through logic? Are we researching why? Or are we looking at it through the emotion? J.K. Rowling had some stuff about uh, transgenderism, and did people just fly off the handle because they didn't like what she had to say, or did they research it, trust science? Is there a mob mentality out there? Are we looking for a witch hunt? Are we on a witch hunt? Are we dealing with witch hunts by self-appointed moral arbitrators that are out there censoring speech? Are they dealing in boutique activism? Is it social media bullying? These are some things we have to think about. I'll leave you with this. Coca-Cola, in case you did not know, was founded by a Confederate colonel, John Pemberton, a slave owner. He fought for the South. Should we go back and cancel Coca-Cola because a slave owner created Coca-Cola? And then on top of it, he was a morphine addict, and he fought for the Confederacy, we just canceled the Confederacy. We took down the flag. We took down all the statues. We're renaming military bases. He was a Confederate colonel. He led people. He was pro-slavery. We're talking about slavery reparations in politics. Should we cancel Coca-Cola because the founder was racist? I don't know. I guess that's a question. And then you can Google other people, other companies that maybe were a part of and profited from racism. But I just thought Coca-Cola was interesting. A founder of it was the Confederate colonel, John Pemberton, slave owner. Should we cancel Coca-Cola because of that? I don't know. I'm pretty, uh, I pretty like that song, the commercial ad. I like to give the world a Coke, live in perfect harmony. Maybe Coca-Cola has done some good things. Maybe we should look past some of the bad things that people have done because they've changed. Maybe we should look back uh, past some of the, the awful things if they've changed. And maybe they're not so awful. If they are, change is good. Is it perceived? It comes down to this. Is it a perceived or is it a real transgression? And are we dealing it through emotion or reason and logic? And I'll leave you with that. Hey, thanks for listening. This is Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Hey, a special thank you to uh, Padnet TV. Really appreciate the honor. Uh, member spotlight for March 2021, Two Steps Ahead podcast. We were selected, and so we thank you very much. We love being a part of your family as well as all the other families that we're a part of. We'd like to thank you for listening. We're here every Tuesday night, Two Steps Ahead podcast, 10 p.m. Pacific time on uh, RadioWarp.com. We are live, and then you can also uh, find us on demand pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can just Google search Two Steps Ahead podcast. You can say, hey, Google, hey, Surrey, play TWO, Steps Ed Podcast, and we pop up. You can follow us on YouTube, on Instagram. Uh, you can go to the Two Steps Ahead Podcast Instagram page. It's TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast. 
My personal one is Edom Rocks, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S, Edom Rocks. If you go to either one, there's a uh, link in the bio that will lead you to Radio Warp. It will lead you to the YouTube channel. It will lead you to different, uh, like Spotify, Pandora, Apple Podcast places you can listen to the podcast. You can also hear the show Mondays and Wednesdays, 11 a.m. and 8 p.m. Pacific time on RadioWarp.com. You can download the app. Just go to your app store and search Radio Warp, W-A-R-P app, and take us with you on the go. All kinds of great music, plus other shows play there as well. And so uh, we'd just like to thank you. Thank you for being a part of the show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Um, if you would like to help us out, do tell a friend. Spread the word. Let them know that we're out here. And uh, if you want to uh, email the show, you can do that too, Two steps at podcast at gmail.com, or just go to... Uh, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S on Instagram or Two Steps Ed Podcast. You can DM me there. So that's going to do it for the show. Hey, take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great, be kind, and don't be an a-hole. We'll see you next time here on Two Steps Ahead Podcast, highlighting the stuff that's been stepped in so you don't have to.